Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, April 26th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Midwest pork producers are looking for more resources to fight efforts to change how they raise pigs. This is the first time in the history of the world that we have to fight people to feed them. They took the drastic step of reducing guaranteed money for advertising in hopes they might get more money for lobbying. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All will have that story in just a few minutes. St. Louis has released guidelines on spending money from the American Rescue Plan. The city's roadmap to economic justice provides details on Mayor Tashara Jones's previous announcement to pump $150 million of the city's remaining COVID relief money into North St. Louis. The plan includes supporting small businesses while investing in affordable housing. It also starts work on eliminating the racial wealth gap. Mayor Jones says lifting neighborhoods out of poverty will make the city, quote, strong and safer across racial lines and zip codes. Jones will be a guest today on St. Louis on the Air, which begins at noon on St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri House has passed a bill creating liabilities for employers requiring vaccines. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the bill received bipartisan opposition. House members voted 84 to 58 to pass the legislation that would create liabilities for employers, including private companies, that require any vaccination for their employees, not just COVID-19 vaccines. Employers requiring a vaccination as a condition of employment would be liable for any injuries or damages stemming from getting said vaccines. St. Peter's Republican Representative Phil Cristofanelli said the measure is bad for the state's business climate. In my view, it it certainly doesn't say Missouri is open for business. It says that the legislature is now contriving new ways for you to be sued over behavior that you have very little control. The bill now heads to the Senate with only three weeks left before the legislature adjourns. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Also out of Jefferson City, House members have passed legislation placing 911 dispatchers into the same category as police officers, firefighters, and emergency medical technicians. This designation gives them benefits and support, including PTSD treatment. Republican Representative Shane Roden of Cedar Hill says dispatchers truly care about the people on the other end of the line. And it's somebody that's been overlooked for a very long time. I think it's time that we bring them up into the, into the 21st century with, with uh, addressing them for what they truly are and their first responders as well. Language allowing first responders to be exempt from required vaccinations based on religious beliefs or medical reasons was removed, clearing the way for greater support from Democrats. Also in Jefferson City, the Republican-led House has voted to limit which high school sports teams transgender athletes can compete on. Members voted yesterday to require transgender students to compete on teams that match the sex listed on their birth certificates. Missouri's current public high school sports rules already prohibit transgender girls from competing on girls' teams unless they are undergoing hormone therapy. Missouri's Commissioner of Higher Education does not expect virtual learning to be a permanent part of the college experience. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from Zora Mulligan's appearance on Politically Speaking. Once the COVID-19 pandemic hit, higher education institutions across the state leaned heavily on programs like Zoom to teach classes. Mulligan says students and faculty found that virtual learning sapped away the personal connection that often comes with instruction. 
Mulligan did add, though, that there are some ways colleges and universities can use technology to make things more convenient. An example um, is from a friend who works at Ozarks Technical Community College down in Springfield, and she noted that they used to require people to come in for advising appointments, even if that meant finding a babysitter and driving in from Fordland. You can do that appointment just as effectively by Zoom. Mulligan noted that Missouri public universities and colleges brought students back on campus in the fall of 2020. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Centerville residents have faced issues with raw sewage and water flowing into their homes for decades. Now, scientists at nonprofits and universities throughout the country are working to better understand why the small Metro East community floods so often. William McNeil is a member of Centerville Citizens for Change. That's a community organization pushing for a fix to the flooding issue. He says the researchers collecting information about flooding is a welcome change. We didn't think nobody cared and then nobody never reached out to try to help us regardless of how much you complained to the city. You know, they never wanted to hear anything we had to say about it. McNeil was a guest yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. He's hopeful the new research will lead to long-term fixes to the flooding. Pork producers are feeling threatened by attempts to change the way they raise pigs. That's led to a surprising move. They are reducing the amount of money they automatically give to the pork checkoff, the industry's fund for marketing, education, and research. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the gamble. Back in 2018, California voters passed a ballot measure that shook much of the pork industry. It created animal production space requirements. That means any pork sold in the state has to be from an operation that doesn't confine its pigs to small spaces. That would eliminate most pigs raised in the Midwest, but not all of them. About a dozen small pigs are running around a fenced area on DL Farms near Bland in south-central Missouri. Dave Busby, the D in DL, only raises about two dozen pigs a year during warm weather months. He says he works hard to make sure his pigs have it good. I'll get in here with them and sit with them for a while, and they'll come up and talk. I can't imagine if I was a pig, where where could you have what they have here? Especially when I open it up, they get to roam a whole lot more. Uh, you get to see sides of them uh, that I don't think you'd see at all in a CAFO. A CAFO is a concentrated animal feeding operation, where pigs, cows, or chickens are kept in climate-controlled stalls with almost no room to move. It's how most meat is produced in the U.S. and what makes it both cheap at the grocery store and profitable for producers. Opponents of CAFOs are using state laws, ballot measures, and legal challenges to try and stop it. The pork producers are fighting back by taking money away from the National Pork Checkoff. That's a fund made up of a small percentage of every pound of ham, bacon, and chops produced in the U.S. It goes towards education, research, and marketing to help sell pork. An example is a very successful advertising campaign from the 80s and 90s. Pork, the other white meat. But that money is very regulated in how it's used. Bill Even, CEO of the National Pork Board, says one place the rules strictly prohibit it from going toward is lobbying. Uh, Because different people may have different opinions on different uh, legislative topics, that was an area that was was excluded from from our jurisdiction. Pork producers have decided lobbying is important. So important that earlier this year they voted to decrease money for the checkoff, that guaranteed money for marketing, education, and research, so that pig farmers would voluntarily give more money for lobbying efforts. 
Scott Brown is an agricultural economist at the University of Missouri. He says pork producers see a big need to protect against efforts to change their industry. Rarely in the past did we ever have a situation where you had an industry that was feeling like those from the outside were dictating what the, how their industry should produce a product. And we're seeing a lot more of that today. Less advertising in exchange for the possibility of more lobbying is good news for some producers. This is the first time in the history of the world that we have to fight people to feed them. Scott Hayes is a hog farmer in northeast Missouri near Hannibal. He says he's frustrated by the laws and lawsuits that are challenging the way he raises his 5,000 sows. Fighting back against what he calls ridiculous rules should be the industry's top priority. That's where uh, we need, you know, producer money to be spent, you know, to guard uh, what we do and so that we can continue to provide a, you know, a safe, wholesome product for, for consumers. Hayes says he will take the money he saves from the pork checkoff fees and voluntarily give it to the lobbying wing of pork producers. But small producers like Dave Busby aren't interested in that trade-off. I don't want to benefit Smithfield. I don't need to benefit yeah, Cargill. These giant producers, they don't, they don't, need, they don't need me. Uh, they need me to buy their product, but they don't need me. Busby says he doesn't think any small producer will voluntarily give any money to lobbying and legal efforts. <laughs> Well, I'll believe that when, <laughs> when, when all of us sit down here and agree that they should raise our taxes, too. <laughs> uh, I'm skeptical. But for some perspective, it would take hundreds of Dave Busby's to match the production and economic power of one Scott Hayes. There aren't many small producers, and the large ones who want more money for lobbying could make it a well-funded endeavor. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The story was produced in partnership with Harvest Public Media, a collaboration of public media newsrooms throughout the Midwest, including St. Louis Public Radio. It reports on agriculture. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. We are a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.